hey rich aren't you uh what is it officiated like you can do uh, perform no, weddings, right? It's ordained. Ordained. Yeah, yeah I, ordained. Okay. You can I, officiate I, a wedding. I am, I, I am ordained. Thank you. <laughs> and I can officiate wedding. The preacher's now. kid knows. Um, so I, actually, I have double ordination. I'm ordained. I got ordained from two different places um, because the first one happened as a joke because the per the people who asked me to officiate their wedding. Uh, I didn't realize they were being serious because it never occurred to me that anybody in the world would ever ask me. I mean, of the questions you expect to get asked in life, will you officiate my wedding? Not really like high on the list for anybody. Hey, and, uh, no, it is for me. I'm, I, yeah, that's a bucket list But not that item. you expect to get asked. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't like, expect it all. It wasn't even no offense, bro. I love you. But if I'm getting married, I'm not going to be like, hey, hey Nick. Officiate my wedding. Well, no, you should. And at the time, we were like sitting around, chill. Everybody's drinking. You know, we're having a pleasant evening. And they just blurted out, hey, do you want to, uh, you know, do you want to marry us? Do you want to officiate the wedding? And I thought it was a joke. So I said, only if I can be a dudist priest. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, the, dude. Yeah, the dude from the Big Lebowski. Because it's a church. There is a church of, church of Judaism. The, chooch, the, the, church, the church. church of Judaism does not roll off the tongue. It, like, it, whoever it, named that, they should have been like. It, it doesn't, but it's just pretty hilarious. Judaism works um, better. And also, <laughs> duty. So that's when, the, yeah. <laughs> that's when they were like, no, we're serious. And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, that would be amazing, actually, if you would do that. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what is happening? This wait, is I have a very important, serious question. Yes. Will you be in an open bathrobe and slippers um, to it, officiate ooh, with some khaki question. shorts? Um, no, we actually discussed that though. And um, maybe like a sandy blonde shoulder length wig. Here, uh, okay, believe it or not, I was actually the voice of reason in this one somewhat. Drinking and I was like, fashion. as much as that, <laughs> as much as that sounds hilarious. So I think we're going to like for the uh, rehearsal, I'm going to do that. Nice. Uh, but nice. the actual wedding, I'm like. Okay, like because this is a serious moment for them, and 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 as much as they're wanting it to be lighthearted, mm -hmm. like they are getting married. This is serious. I'm like, okay, listen, I want to be funny, but I don't want to make a mockery of of your wedding, even though they seem to be totally on board <laughs> with the idea. Um, so what I actually I'm gonna it's just gonna be a, a, a halfway decent suit. Yeah, and we have it picked out because uh, like. She wanted to coordinate colors, so she's like, "Would you do this color?" And I'm like, "I don't care." Um, <laughs> You're but, like, "You tell me what to wear." I'll show I, up. I don't care. Yeah, is I'm the like, appropriate uh, answer in that moment. Yeah, I well, care. I'm like, I, "Sure, whatever, as long as it fits, I'm cool." Uh, but I am have a I have a stole being made, and nice. It, it is going to have the symbol of the the Church of Dude. Which what um, what is the symbol of the church? Uh, dude? I'd have to like, pull it. It looks ganja? like a Shiva, right? Yeah, Where he's kind of like does. And uh, it's with like the all the arms and all yeah, the arms. Except it's the dude. Like, nice. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of that one. So I'm gonna have that. Um, I don't know I, why I know so much about. I also am a little worried about that. <laughs> I, I'm actually ordained from another uh, place because there are. Some, I mean, why not? If well, there's some legal quirks with the Church of Dude because since it's kind of a joke religion. There are some court systems that have had issues with that. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of states that have outright banned that one and others. Like legally, they said the, these don't count because I think the flying the, spaghetti monster is a banned well, one too. It, yeah, it depends. It, Not some familiar states, with the some states are different creatures. and have different requirements. Like I know some states, it's because like somebody actually has to come to your state and ordain you in person. You can't do online ones. So I actually <laughs> went to another organization. They're called the American Marriage Ministries. Uh -huh. And their sole purpose is they because they believe that people should be able to marry people, and they have there should be no requirements and not necessarily a specific religion here, here. associated with that. That's and they dope. have been very diligent in making certain that they meet all uh, legal requirements. They've also been very diligent in defending anyone who has not or who has come run into illegal legal troubles. So they have so far not lost a lawsuit because oh, wow. they've been very very specific about being. 
Um, they're set up properly the way they've organized the, the, the business, uh, the way they are registered federally. So they are much more the real deal. I did that just to make certain because I don't want there to be any ramifications down the road for somebody. Being like, I, I mean, good on you as a friend, because yeah. how disappointing would it be if like 12 <laughs> years down the yeah. line, they realize all of a sudden, oh, shit, that was really funny, but we're not actually married. Well, so there was actually one specific case. I, I actually did a lot of research on this because that's the kind of stuff I, if somebody's doing. That, I'm like, I'm doing the legwork. Uh, there was a, a, a case in another state. What it was is they're going through a divorce. And they found out, and during the divorce, that that's where they're married. And the one lawyer is like, "Well, oh, then, then you dude. were never, then you were never legally married." I mean, in that instance, like at least one of them was probably pretty stoked about that. Yeah. But yeah. the other one was probably not. Yeah, they probably got As away with only, like not having I like to pay that like the only divorced person at this table. Jokes on you! Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Conflicts, the podcast. If you caught one of our previous episodes, I sprung a topic on the guys on Mike because I like surprises. And we had so much fun doing that, that today Rich has decided to do the same. As always, I am your host, Laura slash Lulu, because I'm too much for one name, people. I have to respect it. Joined, as always, by Nick. Say, hey, Nick. Sup, sup. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can do that you. every time now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, yeah. he has to. It's a requirement because I love it. It makes me happy. And Rich, our resident dad joke. Say hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Every single time. You guys Are you never say let that me down. Now, every time now, Rich? I've always said it. You're the one who changed. I'm, I'm the same guy. Like consistency, says the person who just said I like surprises. <laughs> I am complex, okay? But that being said, I don't know what we're talking about, so I'm going to okay. throw it to Rich, and we're going to see what happens. All right, Hello, switcheroo. It's a two-parter, so because I, I, I have a, an actual topic, but I'm going to lead in this with and fake you guys out with a not with a related but not real topic, and I'm going to throw you guys a bone because I know one of the things that we don't agree on that you guys agree on and I don't. Harry Potter. Oh my God! Everyone, I'm, I'm, gird your loins and batten your hatches. It's gonna get ugly. The, these two are big Harry Potter fans, and I am not. <laughs> I okay? straightened up. He my doesn't mic. <laughs> know if he's a Harry Potter fan because he's never fucking read them. I, Thank however, you. am about to say something nice about Harry Potter. Okay, before, I don't know what you have to say, but I would like to put like an asterisk star side note before we dive in. Anything that we are about to talk about is not pro or con or anti J.K. Rowling and her opinions ooh, ooh. on transgender people. Don't give away the, spo- the ending. Okay. I'm going to get there. We still, Nick and I, not mm-hmm. speaking for Rich, Nick and I love Harry Potter without loving J.K. Rowling's opinion. I'm speaking for both of us. Okay, and go, Rich. So you're jumping the gun on me here. Okay. You're jumping the gun. But let me start out. I, I found something out that I'm sure you guys probably know. As Harry Potter fans, I bet I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was endearing. I thought it was uh, not only a lovely story, but a great example of how uh, art can change and how strange influences can affect art. 
And I'm talking about Ivana Lynch, who plays the character of Luna Lovegood. Okay. Okay. Do you know her uh-huh. story? Yes. I She was do not. anorexic and mm-hmm. was in the hospital and a huge fan of the books. Yep. And J.K. Rowling, uh, well, she got to meet her because of her condition. She, and She was able to get an autographed copy of the book, uh-huh. uh, which she, uh, she says is what got her through her illness. Mm-hmm. And got her on the road to recovery was reading the Harry Potter books. This is something interesting. Yeah, she was very young at the time. I believe she was eleven when it started. She was in. Uh, she would have God. She was eleven in the hospital with she, anorexia. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby girl. She was. Uh, let's see. In two thousand three uh, was when it, I guess it was at its worst. She gives credit to the Harry Potter series as getting her her through that rough time in her life. Mm-hmm. And that alone endears to me because, you know, I, I also had some very serious medical issues when I was young. So yeah. I, I have some understanding of what it's like, you know, what the things you do to get through that. So I, I was able to, to empathize with that to a certain degree. But what I found out even more interesting is that then she showed up to a casting call in 2006, had never had any acting experience, never any acting credits or really any credentials to speak of. But she showed up with over 15,000 girls and won the part of Luna Lovegood because she I just that. owned it so well. Well, And like, I could not picture anybody else in the movies as Luna. Well, not yeah. only you, so could J.K. Rawlings, because everybody said that, uh, you know, she did such a uh, such a great job at it that she became uh, Luna Lovegood. Rawlings herself believed that Lynch was perfect for the role. And uh, she even went on to say that she counted her as one of the big seven, I guess, which is the main cast. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says that she continued to write books and that respective character. And I quote, I saw her. She got in my head. I even heard her voice when I was writing Luna. Okay. So there are people that have an internal narrator and people that don't. Mm-hmm. And I have an internal narrator. And so I can see and hear everyone. And as you said that, I realized because I read all of the books that were out before I saw any of the movies. Mm -hmm. So I built characters and their voices in my head before I assigned Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint. And so they're different in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Rupert Grint isn't the Ron Weasley in my head, but the Luna Lovegood in my head is her. I just realized that she's the Luna Lovegood in my head. She became Luna because that was her favorite character. So the idea that she might get to be that character and then embodied the character so much that she literally became the character to J.K. Rawlings who now wrote Luna Lovegood as this person. Mm-hmm. And to me, there is just this beautiful, beautiful symmetry to that. Yes. Um, especially I love since that. Uh, apparently this individual has gone on to be quite the activist for uh, some of the disorders that she suffered from, yeah. um, along with a few others. She's really taken that fame that she acquired and put it to good use. So to me, this is a lovely story um, from beginning to end. Uh, like I said, it's this wonderful circle. And I thought it was endearing and I liked it. So well, are you going to read the books you. now? Don't, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. Just let <laughs> take, it be. Take, let what, it be. take what you're given. However, what I really want to talk about was what Lulu was alluding to and J.K. Rawlings, let's just say... Turf is the word you're looking for. I, I didn't know that term until I started looking this up. Trans-erasure feminism. Uh, something popped up. Oh, I was like, I seriously was like, I never heard that term before. So I had said that, I was like... Wait, like West Side Story? Like, what are we talking about? You know, like, sharks and the Jets, man. The I sharks did. And the I've Jets. never heard that. I was like, what, the, what are you talking about? A lot of stuff pops up. And like, I knew there was something going on with J.K. Rawlings, but I really didn't know. Uh, but I heard it referenced in context to something else. They were using that as an example, like J.K. Rawlings. And they were talking about, uh, you know, people like Joss Whedon, um, who've, you know, been 
kind of come off their pedestal L- a little, lot. A little bit of a fall from um, grace. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they associated some other people and, and her name came up. And that was the point where I'm like, I was aware of some things. I'm like, I sh- I'm, you know what? I'm going to look this up and see what it was she said. Uh, you know, see what what you know what the kerfuffle is about. Because uh, no offense, I didn't pay a lot of attention to, to Harry Potter news. Well, it's um, been a minute too. That was I want to say that was in like 2019. Well, it, it's well, still kind of I mean, going. She on. tweeted it. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah, she's digging her heels in. It was a very long series. Of yeah, tweets. she's yeah. sort of fallen off of the Twitter grace, and that's that's where I came up or, or where I discovered the term turf because I guess people are calling them the turf wars. What's it? What's it stand for? Trans erasure feminism. It's a it's an offshoot of feminism that feels that trans people that trans men are internally uh, sexist in not wanting to be a female any longer and that trans women are trying to usurp the female experience so you touched on it a little bit before Luna, but I'd love to hear. You just called me Luna, and that makes uh, me really happy. You, did. <laughs> you can call me Luna all okay, the time. So no, Luna, like, like, what? the header, because I, um, I have a tablet. I, I now have three names. I now identify <laughs> by three names. I, I will respond to Luna. Also, I don't have blonde hair, and I'm well, not going blonde. I'm going to say this. Uh, I have three animals that are named after Harry Potter characters, and, well, one of them's a spell. And, oh, that's right. And Luna is our... I forgot Our your dog. dog was called Luna. Yeah, because yeah, I've met your cats. Your cats like me more than you. We Sorry, have Bellatrix, but... and then we have Lumos, <laughs> and then we have Luna. Lumos is a charm. No, it's not. It was a spell. I just wanted to be an I ass. Was like, it was a spell <laughs> from light. What are you talking about? That's why I made the mistake. Sorry. Her header is still up on my little tablet here, and that's the, the no, header. Sorry, I, I remember I her name. I approve. But Lulu and Luna. Uh, but I, I want to hear uh, from you guys about how you process... Because this is somebody that you guys, I don't want to say revere, that's a strong word, but this is this is an author you guys enjoyed reading. This is yes. somebody whose works you guys uh, have a lot of investment in. So, you know, tell me a little about, like, what, how, how do you guys process that? Uh, so, I'm going to take this and run. As, <laughs> as, as the queer person among us, I'm going to take this one and run. So, the author is not the work. For me, this is just me. If somebody else feels differently... You do you, boo-boo. Um, the author is not the work. I don't agree with J.K. Rowling. However, if I met her on the street, I'm not going to slap her in the face and start screaming at her. I'm going to talk to her like a human being. Because, not not because of the talking to her like a human being. I talk to her like a human being because she is a human being, right? And she created something that I respect and was very formative for me. But moreover than that, the Harry Potter series in the queer community specifically for people that didn't fit into regular society right there are i will use the example of um people that are what would be referred to as flamboyantly homosexual the people that can't pass for straight air quotes people that everyone they meet assumes that they are queer people that are non-binary people that are transgender the Harry Potter books were their escape even more so than heterosexual kids or kids that never struggled with their sexual or gender identity. Because in the world of magic, it's easy to believe that there's magic that can put you in the body that you want to be in. That there's magic that can let you lead the life that you want to lead without all of the judgments of heteronormativity and all of the people screaming things at you and so when she said the things that she said 
She broke people's hearts in a way that I don't think she can comprehend as a heterosexual person. She even at one point used the fact that she had uh, gay characters in her novels yes. in her own defense. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's great that Dumbledore's gay and that uh, Grindelwald is gay and that there were several other gay characters in the story. That's great. But that's not all inclusive, right? You still... But all that being said, they're written, right? The, the ink is set. The ink is dried. The books have all come out now. And that doesn't have... What she said, what she believes is her prerogative to believe. But that doesn't have to take the magic away for the rest of us. We can still let the magic be there because we got to build that world. Like I like I mentioned earlier, how I have the internal narrator. I can see Hogwarts in my head right now. And in the Hogwarts in my head, there are trans kids. In the Hogwarts in my head, everybody's accepted. In the Hogwarts in my head, they accept and respect they, them pronouns. Like that, that's the magic of stories is that you get to make them what you want. And that's what I choose to do with what she said. You know, it's not exactly the same, but uh, like when I first read a lot of Lovecraft, I was fairly young and had no, really no clue about the author mm -hmm. other than he's the guy who wrote the books. Wow. He was a terrible person. Right? <laughs> and I found out yeah. later. So. Yeah. A bit growing up with the books, her book series made me fall in love with reading again. Mm -hmm. I actually became... I don't want to say like a star. Well, I guess yeah. you'd say. Are you, are you a born again reader? No, uh, kind of. Yeah, well, I became like a star reader in my grade. Yeah, because uh, back in the day, you used to do accelerating reading programs, and Nick, you they would... gave everyone those stars. No, no, I it, uh, no. Back in our day, we didn't get a participation trophy. <laughs> He's from Arkansas. Back in my day, yeah, uh, we're lucky but, they had books. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Like, I mean, seriously, you are from Bumpfuck, these buddy. books were banned. Like, and my mom of all. All people back, you know how they used to ban your D&D books like mm -hmm. back when they mm -hmm. first came out? Oh, I remember. They pulled these from our library and my mom, I mean, I'm going to say it a lot like meter and she did. She's like, no, nah, fuck that. Like she bought me the books. Like we came to this Barnes and Noble an, two hours away from my hometown Damn. to go to a midnight release to pick up the hardback books that I still own. Of the first editions. Like, I would... Good for her. She would drive me up here. We'd go shopping at the mall. We'd hit Barnes & Nobles on the... Uh, Barnes & Nobles. Barnes & Noble. <laughs> Ooh, totally added this at the end. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we would put in our reservation. She would drive me back up here, and we'd do the midnight release parties. That was our thing. And so, back to what I was saying, though, like, I don't know if they still do this in public schools, but we would read and take a test for English on these on the books like mm -hmm. on a computer program I don't know what it's called but then they'd give you uh like I don't know I see memes about it now like growing up in the 90s you got your accelerated reader card with your stars and you'd get a free little mini pizza from Pizza Hut do you remember this dude I oh, yeah, another you're not continent yeah bro. yeah yeah do you remember this no. I remember this with my children yeah Okay, so this is that's what we did. Like, and but I would read, and it made me fall in love with reading, and that's how I started reading like Stephen King and Clive mm -hmm. Barker. Of course, it's more advanced than something that they, J. they K. were Rowell. gateway books, right? Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> you know what? If it was a drug, yes, this yeah, is a he's gateway right. Book. They are gateway books, but the things that she said. I don't even know what the proper term. I'm just straight. Like I don't know. Like, but yeah. I appreciate straight. like yeah. the queer community. I guess is yes. that what you would say? 
because like, yeah. I totally back it. I see, and this is the problem. Like, I don't want to offend anybody by saying Say, it wrong. Saying that you support people, if someone finds that offensive, that's on them, not you. <laughs> right. Well, I just. Well, support... maybe they've met him and they're like, we don't know. We want him <laughs> on our side. That's, <laughs> no, right. that's not well, the guy. That's not the know. one. I, I never know what to say, like, because I don't like want to hurt teacher, anybody's anybody else. else. Not gonna lie, we have a lot of mutual friends. I've met several people that. Did not assume you were straight on meeting you, buddy. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I get that a lot. Maybe it's because I read Harry Potter and I just was like a fan. So I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. Dumbledore really did it for you. Yeah. Did you? To it be was fair, that that's, long beard. that's not why I didn't read it. But the thing is, it's like <laughs> the the hurtful things that she said to that could destroy somebody's heart like that yeah. is sort of like because now I'm such a huge Steve King fan. I'd be like finding out that he was a pedophile. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. no way. Like, that was the, no, but like legitimately what well, you're talking about, like that. He like, got wrapped up in it at one point, though. Because I guess he like tweeted the response and people took that as like he was supporting her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he no, was like, they went after him. And, and he was like, no, that's not what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, but he, I missed all he, that. He got involved because I guess one of the responses he tweeted and I guess he meant it like ironically, but since he didn't say anything, mm -hmm. people just assumed he was supporting. Anyway, yeah, he kind of got he, he did, unfortunately, because he is a fan of those books. Mm -hmm. Like he even said, I wrote a report about this, like about J.K. Rowling and whoever the fuck wrote Twilight. Uh, uh, Myers. Uh, Meyer. Yep. A quote that Stephen King said was, "What is it? Uh, Harry Potter is about doing what's right and something in, in adversity. I can't. I can't overcoming quote. adversity. Oh yeah, yeah, overcoming adversity. Twilight's about how important it is to find a boyfriend." And I, I've read that quote too. And I, I remember like, damn, he gets it. Like, yeah, that's what does. I yeah. thought when I read that quote, I was like, he totally gets it. Cause like, I'm not going to front pretend I've never read the twilight books. I've absolutely read them. I've read about They're 150 shit. pages of the first one. And I was like, what? They're terrible. <laughs> they are toxic. So and that's the problem. Like, man, talk about, I mean, I've been to, I had, I, th there has to be a word for this because they, they have it for Avatar, which I can't figure out why because fuck that movie. Uh, <laughs> I've they, never seen that movie. Yeah, they had this, the, uh, when the final movie came out, there were people who were actually going through with Harry Potter withdrawals. Mm. And that's, that's true because I watched all you're like depressed that it's yeah. over. I read oh. all the books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the come down. Yeah, after. yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because, uh, I mean, I had read all the books numerous times. Like realizing that there's not going to be any more. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially for some of the UA, because that, the, between the books and the movies, what is that, a, a 15 year span or yeah. more? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a they long time. It's a little it, it bit like, still. It was like that moment in high school when you graduate and like two days later, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, how do? It's like, how do life? Yeah. Life hard. Ask, ask my son in a month when he graduates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no shit. That's exactly what you go through. And this is the weirdest thing because I was like, what, like 25 or some shit? You graduated at 25? No, I meant the way he, he finally did. learned to read. <laughs> or how long ago was the seventh movie? Part two of the I... seventh movie. I do not recall. It it's been at least nine years. It's yeah, been it's minute, been a while. Yeah. Uh, but I had read all the books. I read all the books every fall, except for while I was in college. So this fall, I'm actually picking it back up. Good for you. I do. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I've watched all the movies in theaters, did the midnight release for those, because mm -hmm. that was back when you could. And I've been to the theme park, like, 
what more do you do? I have actually been to the theme park as well. Yeah, but you didn't appreciate that ain't it. Fair. I mean, I to be fair, they gave me lots of beer while I was there because it was an industry event, so it was closed <laughs> to the public. Nice. And I got we got to ride all the rides with them. It was just a handful of us, and we got to drink all the real beer um, that we wanted, not the butter beer shit they had on the side. So that that sounds fun, by the way. Uh, but I do don't, have don't ride the Hulk after you chug two beers. I'm just saying. No, dude. So I have an anecdote to add to this. I believe, I believe it was the character of Blaise Zabini that in the German translation there was, I believe it was Blaze. That Blaze means the word Blaze means something different. Yeah. Translations can get awkward. German. Sometimes. So they changed the character of Blaze to a female when the character was introduced in the German translation. But then later on, he played a more intricate part. And then the character, the pronouns, they kept the name the same, but the pronouns went from she, her to he, him. So in a way, there is a canonical transgender character in the Harry Potter world. As just a little, Hmm. just a little stick it to like, hey, you can't keep trans people out of anything because they're human beings just like you. I just don't understand. I think the thing that just drives me nuts, I just don't understand how somebody who created something so magical and wonderful and loving could say something so shitty to to a here's the problem i i so let me get back to this just a little bit because i actually spent a lot of time thinking about this because you know once again i am i'm the other end of that spectrum i am the the cisgendered white male i've been happily married to a woman for 21 years now i am as far into that one spectrum as as you can get so you know very quite often i am like the last person well, sometimes to, to, to see these things, but the last person that anybody wants to hear from, you know, I, I'm, I'm the person that should be making remarks like her because everybody expects me to. Yeah. You're the cishet white guy. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I wanted to take a moment. And once again, this was just kind of a thought experiment. So I said, I'm going to read her tweets when I first found them. Somebody had put them all together. I'm like, it was a long series of tweets. Yeah, it really was. But I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I never read most of them. I read well, part of them and was like, I don't need to read anymore. I'm good. Well, I and I because I do weird things like this with my with my brain. So I said I'm going to read through all these, but I'm going to read through them with the mindset going into it that I think she's correct. Mm-hmm. And once again, this isn't a judgment. I it's just, just a thought experiment. I'm, I'm pre-biasing myself. It's just how your brain works. To, well, because here's the other thing you have to understand about J.K. Rowling. She is well spoken. She's very well spoken. She is well written, and she understands language uh, to you know better than most of us. Which is funny. Because according to the reports that I read, and I wrote a report uh, on uh, in her, school in school. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking. You bring your her uh, her English teacher, or whatever they would call it over in the UK, uh, said that she was just average. And yet, you gotta have something to spark you. Yeah, and English class. I I'm I'm a writer. I love the human word, language, all of it. Writing, creating. Painting with words is uh, what I love to do. And I was never outstanding in school because it never excited me. Hmm. They capped me and smothered my creativity. So all of my English teachers would be like, yeah, she's all right. But it is very easy to read those tweets from my bias. Right. um, Which is kind of a a built-in standard. And on the initial read-through, they sounded reasonable Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. 
Now, there's that little piece in the back of my brain that was like, no, no, something's not quite right here. But it's easy to read those and say, well, everything here sounds very reasonable because she's good at making things sound reasonable. So then after I read through it the first time, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to read through it again, assuming that she is incorrect. And I, I did this again. And then I stopped and spent a little time thinking about it and say, okay, now, now develop a real opinion. Now think about what's trying to happen here and try to be reasonable to both sides. If you can't like, so this is really just a thought experiment at this point, but here's what I came up with out of the end of all of that. And uh, give me a second, because it's a little bit of a windy road. So like the three of us, mm-hmm. we have some shared experiences. We do. Uh, we work together at a, at a place that at times was a little traumatic. So we have that in common. Uh, the love of movies and media and, and, and books, that's something that we share. Mm-hmm. So very quickly, the three of us get that. Mm-hmm. We never have to explain to the other person why we like movies. Yeah. You know, we don't never no. neither one of us, you know, the three of us, we don't roll our eyes at each other when uh, we say, oh my gosh, we love movies. Wait a minute. I roll my eyes at you <laughs> often, Rich. Maybe specific <laughs> movies, but not about the love of movies and media. Right. So these are things that we have in common. And most relationships are built on shared experiences. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, there's, but there's experiences that we don't have, uh, you know, Nick, you like was there joking, give you a hard time about growing up in Arkansas. I grew up near Chicago. We had very different educations. Right? I grew up in and, a third world country. And, and she grew up, <laughs> so like we do not share those experiences at all. Now, since everything is based on these mutual shared experiences, that's what people do. You find those areas that you can connect and relate. Uh, you know, I have a transgendered friend and she, uh, one thing that we, all, we both love history. Uh, so we were constantly sending messages back and forth about weird history stuff that would bore the fuck out of most people. But like we discover a thing and we're like, did you know that? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, I didn't know that, but I found out, that, you know, and I'll have to read that book. It's a connection that we share. I think what J.K. Rawlings was trying to get to was something along those lines. The problem is she fell into the the no true Scotsman's fallacy. What she was trying to say is that certain groups have a shared experience and she was trying to say, you know, the womanhood. And I believe she was specifically talking about women who menstruate was her word or her phrase that she used. And that's what she was trying to say. The problem is, like I said, that's the fallacy. She's saying mm-hmm. that that's only tr- the only true women are, are the ones who menstruate. And I so mean, then what happens to the woman who has a, who never gets her cycle, who, who never menstruates. Well, who... what about menopause? What about yes. hysterectomies? What about, uh, you know, what's the movie? Uh, gosh, who was the, was it? Uh, I can't remember the actress. It'll come to me uh, where she had to have a, a mastectomy and a hysterectomy because of cancer. Mm-hmm. And she's crying. She's like, am I even still a woman at this point? And it was a poignant scene in the movie because oh. she's going through a lot of trauma. That's what she's falling into is she's saying, I'm going to define what being a woman is as this one specific thing and nothing else is a true woman. And she doesn't get to make that definition. Precisely. Now, now, is, would she be correct in saying that that is an experience that only a certain group can share and that's an experience that only they have the same perspective on? I think that might have been a fair discussion, but I don't know what the hell that has to do with trans people, you know, saying that like, hey, you know, uh, I run into people sometimes that grew up near Chicago and we kind of, you know, there's a certain bond there where you're like, yeah, "Yeah, we know what that's like. She was, that's where the the exclusory part comes from and what she was saying uh, that she was, she fell into a simple fallacy. No true woman unless, and that's just not true. See, I don't know. I can't speak on any of this because I am not trans. You're you're a white guy. I, I, I am not a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she was talking about. 
but I do have friends who are trans mm-hmm. and I'm just like, whoa. Here's, here's the thing is that, okay, you can't understand that experience, but you can respect it. And where we get lost as human beings and where the divisiveness between us comes in to play is when we close our mind off to someone else's experience. Okay, you can sit there and say, I have absolutely no idea what that's like. I do not understand at all what you mean when you say that you feel like you're in the wrong body. I, I, I don't get it, but I, I don't have to get it to respect you, mm-hmm. right? But what she did was come at it from, oh, you can't uh, you can't understand this piece of my journey. So you don't get to join me on my journey. Well, guess what? I know women who have never menstruated for whatever reason, for whatever genetic reason. It never happened. They don't understand that part of her journey either. But they were assigned female at birth. Is she going to kick them out of her club, too? Mm-hmm. No, because there's nothing wrong with those women. Just like there are there is nothing wrong with the women who were assigned male at birth. They just happened to have a different journey in womanhood than mine. It doesn't mean that I can't respect their journey. In fact, I can respect it more because as a person who was assigned female at birth and is a staunch feminist, I feel that trans women bring something amazing to the table because they come in as a female or excuse me, as a woman who was not pre-programmed with what it means to be a woman because see What people don't realize is that when you are assigned female at birth, society programs you with what you can do, what you can't do, what you can achieve, what you can't achieve. I can't tell you how many times I was told to act like a little lady. You two were never told to act like a little lady. You two were never told to calm down. I'm sure you would. We we were told to act like a man. Yes, act like a man. You were never told that you're too loud or running around too much. And I'm being hyperbolic. Obviously, you were. But generally speaking, you could run around like a banshee. I couldn't. Boys will be boys. We can get away with more. If I messed up the bow in my hair, I got in trouble. And believe you me, I had an entire drawer dedicated to hair bows. And I had a bow in my hair every single day. Because I was supposed to look like a little lady. So I came into this world program. Trans women don't have that programming. So they bring something new and, and refreshing and empowering to the table that we need. We need that energy in womanhood. Stop kicking them out of our club. I'm part of the club. Let them in. Well, and I think one of the takeaways for me personally is uh, when you find those areas that are foreign to you from your experiences, and they're, they're everywhere, there's nothing wrong with the fact that people have different experiences. But when you come across those, the, the trick is to, you know, it, you don't have to be afraid of them. You don't, yeah, you have, don't to, have to contract just because it's new. Yeah, you don't have to exclude them. Uh, you know, the, the what you need to do is, is learn more, uh, you know, listen to their stories, listen to what they have to say. You know, I'm, I, I've always joked because I, I always ask the awkward questions because I have questions and mm-hmm. I want to know the answers. So I'm not the, you know... You know, because like someone our, our trans friend when 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 she came out, uh, you know, we got there was a lot of text going around amongst the friend group of what do we do, what do we say, and I'm like, I don't care about what any of you fuckers say. I'm going to ask all the questions. Yeah, uh, because like I want to know, and like I I don't see this person as different. Like, as a matter of fact, that that was the shocking thing to me, uh, and almost shamefully so, because after the first interaction, I, I laughed at myself because there was still that part of me that felt like something's going to be different. And then after the, you know, we had that, mm-hmm. we had a get together and now I'm like, there really isn't. Yeah. There just, yeah. there really isn't. It's like, it's hair color at this point. Um, you yeah. know, and I think that's, well, whoopity fucking do. I know people change their hair color all the freaking time. And I was like, almost ashamed of myself that I even had that, that kind of, 
I don't want to say revelation, but that, that feeling and learning that there was nothing new. And this was the same person with the same conversations I'd known for a little over a decade at that point, you know, but I did, I had all the questions. How long, how long have you, you know, how long have you known how, you know, mm -hmm. what, what led to your decision to do this? You know, what do you plan for the future? How does this affect this? And, you know, I, the, I would have asked this question, any, this person, any question before, you know, so why would I treat them differently? And here's the thing. So we're all fairly open-minded people. That's just, that's who we are. And that's part of one of the things you were talking about that we, you know, we jive with, we sense that in each other and we have that in common. It's a shared piece of our experience of being more liberal, more open-minded. If you're not, if anybody listening to this is not, here's, here's the thing. You don't have to understand trans people. You don't have to understand the trans experience. You don't have to like it. But at the core, a trans person is just a person. So the least that you can do is just respect it. Because you don't get it doesn't mean you have to attack it. It's not about what you think is right or wrong. It's about somebody else's human experience. And at the very least, you can offer them the basic respect of letting them experience their existence without you attacking them. That's all that's all you have to do if you can't accept it is respect their right to experience it. That's it. One of the things I think the three of us can kind of uh, empathize with that here, because uh, I read, or the first time I looked up turf, they read it as trans exclusory. Um, it's, it goes saying, back and forth. Right. Uh, but I kind of latched onto that, uh, the word exclusion there. Um, you know, you referenced earlier, mm -hmm. Nick, about, I, you know, I was around for the satanic panic when, right. you know, D&D &D was, it was something we had to hide from everybody because they all thought we were Satan worshipers, uh, you know, for doing it. I was a nerd growing up. I liked reading. So I was excluded from a lot of things, from a lot of cliques, from a lot of social environments because of that. No, I'm not saying it's along the same scale. I am saying I understand exclusion and why it's bad. Mm -hmm. So to look at somebody uh, like that or, or a, you know, a thing like that and exclude somebody because of something so superficial in my mind is just dumb. Especially when there's perfectly good reason to exclude people, like if they're an asshole. Yeah. 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 Don't be a dick. Like, you know, that's a thing. You know, it's so funny because, like, we all go through our own things. Like, you were during the satanic panic D&D thing. Yeah. It was not cool being a nerd whenever we were No, when we were <laughs> when we were younger, it was geek chic was not a thing. It was not a thing. And then, fuck, I'll be damned if, like, four years after we graduate high school, it's all of a sudden cool to be... Like straight A student and fucking yeah. they 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 play uh, they role playing games. They started carrying their backpacks on two shoulders at, at the yeah. high school when my son goes to. Like during lunch, they they have games set up in there. Yeah, uh, they have their their school resource officer carries his own a uh, couple decks of uh, magic cards because he throws down with them uh, during the lunch break. Yeah, See, it is totally you had to got your ass handed mm -hmm. to you back in our our day. Like probably in your day too, but like I thought it was funny. You know, my my father is. Uh, my father's an interesting guy, but he was in Vietnam and, uh, you know, he's, he's in his seventies now. So he's, he's slowed down a lot. Uh, but you know, it was a little over just before the COVID thing happened. There was, there was a point where, you know, my son's like, Hey, can we ask grandpa? They want somebody you know, looking for some people to come to school and we're doing a segment on Vietnam. And I thought maybe he would come. I'm like, Oh, you need to ask, you know, he, he was like 16 at the time. I'm like, you ask him, you're 16 kid. <laughs> um, so he did. My dad can be pretty funny. He, he, he's has that, a, a little bit of charm to him. So he comes in and tells him, uh, you know, does a little talk, does a little stuff. And then like, after it was done, the kids were like, Hey, 
can you stick around for a while and talk to us more at lunch? And, you know, of course, my dad was like, I thought I was going to bore the shit out of these kids. Like, no, he's like, they're all going to be like, that. they're all going to be like, we don't give a fuck, dude. Like, just get out of here. And he, they asked him, and then they asked him to come back. Oh, wow. So he like came back a couple of times and I guess they started doing the thing, not because of him, but because of several other of these where they asked several of the people that come in for talks, they would come in on different days and they had a little side of the lunchroom where they had a little like semicircle amphitheater they kind of put together where they would come in and let the kids come ask them questions about their life experiences and, and you know, the different things that happened. They would just, this is a thing the students asked if they can do in the school's like, yeah, sure. So, uh, uh, you know, a couple more times my dad would be like, okay, I'll go talk about Vietnam. Oh. That never would have happened. No, like in, that, in that, is, that no. is very different than what. And if you what, found it interesting, you would have lied when everybody started being like, "That was so lame." You would have been like, "Yeah, yeah that, that, that was totally." Let's go lame. watch Rambo. Back in our day, it'd have been like, "So we got some government assistance, and we have this thing called the computer lab. You're allowed <laughs> to go in there and check out one of the PCs during your lunch hour. No food and drinks are allowed near the PCs during that time." <laughs> Fuck. Very different. Like, I don't even know if anybody would know what the fucking card catalog is. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, congratulations, guys. We're old. But hey. The Dewey okay. Decimal System. Learn it. I don't, know what that I don't is. remember. I it. worked in the library all through high school. I was a uh, student aide. And then whenever I, I, yeah, whenever I was in college for the first time in Arkansas, I actually was paid to work in the library. You <laughs> know all about school. that. No, I, I just have my own library. Yeah. You do. We've been to your house. We <laughs> yeah. know. It's pretty dope. All right. Well, um, don't hate people. Choose love <laughs> and respect. Hashtag be cool. <laughs> ha- ha- what, what does Ellen say? Uh, be kind to one another. Yeah, it turns out she was kind of a pain in the ass. I was like, is she cool now? I don't know. Talk about somebody who kind of got knocked off her pedestal. Mm. Turns out she was awful. She was a terrible boss. But we know that's why. We do. Oh.